0: and press treading water and i a head on a swivel yeah it's only really my surroundings
1: Oh, and welcome to episode 64 of the smash except podcast we are live it is thanksgiving week so we got the child out you know i'm excited i'm excited for this week you know we are so close to playoffs had a lot of great you know feedback from our last two podcasts where we talked about how to rebuild how to contend you know mung can't be on tonight but john and i are really going to drop some some hints on some trade tips way to get things done when you're on either side talk about who's hot who's not and really just things that we're thankful for in the, in the fantasy industry. So John, without further ado, you know, what do you got going right now? That's you're super thankful for.
0: Yeah. To quote Marshawn Lynch. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. (laughs) Go go watch that press conference. It's classic, (laughs) but I really am. This, this week is such a great week to just reflect on all the, all the blessings you have in your life. You know, for me, it's faith, family, football, food and fantasy, right? And, it, and definitely thankful for you, too, Dad. And uh, it really, I got to tell you, looking at week 11, that was probably the most fun I've had in any given week during the season just because some of the players I just love just blew up and you a lot of scoring, some some big fantasy totals, a lot of fun competitions um, across the league. So can't wait to unpack with you here tonight. Yeah, I mean, for a
1: lot of people, it was a fun week. Other people, it was it was kind of, uh, it was tough, right? I mean, Hopkins is out, Murray's out, Robinson. Yeah. I mean, so many players out. I mean, smash except one, I was missing seven starters, you know, and it's like, yeah, there's it's so many different leagues where I'm, I'm getting guys messaging, hey, should I start this player or that player? I'm like, oh, man, like that's, you know, especially at the wide receiver position, so many guys out, but some guys really blew up this week, you know, and, and we're going to get into that, but we got to talk about Jonathan Taylor first. You know, we really have to talk about, he now has over a thousand rushing yards on the season. He has put up over the past eight weeks. We have not seen something this dominant, right? We talked about it last year over the final eight, but right now we're looking at 1,200 total yards and 15 touchdowns over the last eight weeks. If you had him, depending on the scoring format, it was between 50 and 64 points. If you lost with Jonathan Taylor... You know, this, this was not a week for you, right? I mean, that that should have we been fantasy gold. <laughs> I did beat two guys that had him, and it was like, you oh, know, they wow. were talking That's trash good, the whole time. Yeah. But it's like those kind of performances are just amazing to watch when you're a fantasy owner, right? You're just like 185 yards, five touchdowns. And it's like, I'm as a Bills fan there, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, ugh. They just cannot stop him. But Jonathan Taylor, without a doubt, is the Dynasty 101 and belongs, even in Superflex, I believe, in that top three to four conversation right now.
0: You no, know, full stop. Jonathan Taylor, that was one of the reasons I love the week so much. Uh, my home Dynasty League, I have Jonathan Taylor. And I set the single highest point total of the season in any one one week. And so that was a lot of fun. But he, he truly is just my my most favorite player in the NFL right now, just watching this guy, just the talent that he has and watching him put up, I guess it ended up being over 200 yards total, five touchdowns. I don't remember seeing anything quite that dominant. And since like the uh, Alvin Kamara Christmas game yeah. last season, you just don't see it's legendary to do something like that. You just got to stop and say, this is special. And now, I mean, Mike, the, you could get, whatever you want in trades for Jonathan Taylor. i have seen some crazy stuff out there, but he's he's the 101 in dynasty. He's the 101 in redraft next year too in my mind. So so here's the thing I started debating, right? Is we've had some quarterback struggles at the top.
1: Kyler's been banged up, Mahomes has been very hit or miss, mm-hmm. Josh Allen's been hit or miss, and I started debating this right now with a couple people of like should we say 101? You know, we're talking in Superflex. Yeah. It's still Mahomes mm-hmm. for me, but man, is it getting close, right? I mean, he is in yeah. that in that top three conversation. It's I believe for sure. if we jump in there today and with how much I think there, there's a lot of budding quarterbacks and things that are happening, you, you
0: at least have to consider it, right? Right. And, and you have to kind of come back to the positional advantages and, and giving your your roster an advantage. Like, is Mahomes that much better than the other quarterbacks in, in his tier. Is Jonathan Taylor almost in his own tier right now? I mean, I, we're almost getting to that point where you would want to consider him as a top five startup pick, even in a superplex league. It's gotten to that point. It's worth considering. So it's <laughs> just like I, I wish I had him on more rosters, but I know right now is just not the time to try and get him. I know. I mean, I trade, I I did –
1: I soured a little bit last year and it did trade one away when I started to really love AJ Brown. And then I made some moves where I picked him up. You know, I I thought I thought it was an overpay going into the season. You know, I gave up Jalen Waddle and Clyde Edwards Hilaire for him. Two for one, but I was like, yeah, you know what? I really need this running back upgrade. And man, I mean, that is that is paid off big time, even though I like both of those players. Um speaking of Waddle, let's let's jump into some games here. I want to talk about the Miami and and New York yep. game first, right? So two. Budding rookie wide receivers. Oh, yeah. We've seen it from Waddle and Mung and I were talking about last week. He's saying he, if he's buying anybody right now, it's Jalen Waddle. I was saying if I'm buying anybody, it's Devonta Smith. Elijah Moore took. You know, he took some. Uh, he took some offense to that, right? We've we've been seeing it. The writing's been on the wall, but he hasn't been getting the snap count. This week he comes out eight for 141 and a touchdown, and just. You know, shocked it, right? Like, he absolutely killed it. He was out there for 49 snaps, 36 routes run, 9 targets. He even had a carry in there. And Elijah Moore is officially on the radar now. I mean, you have to, even for redraft, I have him, I I picked him up last week, or two weeks ago, and now I'm like, he's a must start. Like, I feel like you have to roll him out there,
0: and he looked fantastic. Yeah, he's actually now scored four touchdowns in the last three games. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's getting a lot more targets. What's really impressive here too is the quarterbacks that he's doing it with. That's been the only reason that I've kind of knocked him this season. It's not on him actually. It's just the quarterback situation. You guys know I've been down on Zach Wilson. He's back his, this week, Joe, right? Yeah, he's coming back. I mean, I mean, Joe elite, Flacco was elite. <laughs> Joe Flacco, <of> Seagulls <laughs> makes it happen. Yeah, and mixing a little bit of Mike effing White. Um, you know, I, it, it's just a, it's been a kind of a QB carousel there. But once they figure it out in that, that new offense, again, it's that kind of that West coast offense reminds me a lot of the 49ers. And so he could end up being kind of like that Debo Samuel type player. And uh, so I, I really, really think it, it would it'd still be a good time before he completely blows up uh, to try and go snag him. I certainly after this past week, it may be tough, but, uh, look look for opportunities to trade for him. What are you? What would you give up for Elijah Moore right now?
1: I feel like, I, I'm not sure if I'm at it. Like, it's, we usually talk super flex. I'm not at a mid right. first, but anything right. 108 or later. I think yeah, so. I, I think I would do it. You know, like anything above that. And I feel like we're looking at some pretty nice running backs. There's always going to be some quarterbacks sprinkled in. But I mean, if you have 108 to 112 range and you can give up, you know, you give that and a and a throw in type player to get Elijah Moore, I think, from what I've been trying to say is, uh, I, I try to see what I can get, you know. And I, I asked the mm-hmm. one guy. I'm, I'm really wide receiver needy, and I know he's in a rebuild. But I was like Elijah Moore, what's the cost? He goes two firsts, you know, and that's that's where he's at. And he also wow. owns Jalen Waddle, and he same said the same thing. Now, I mean, you know, every league's mm-hmm. price dependent, and it's it's tough to buy someone like that, right? Because you're you're not necessarily buying him if you're a win now team, but right. it wouldn't hurt but you're also yeah. not giving them up if you're a team where this is the dichotomy we get into right mm-hmm. here at the end of the year yeah, is we, exactly. we got these trade partners and it's like some of us are trying to win. Some of us are trying to rebuild. And I know you and I were talking about this a little bit, but it's like right now, the guy who is in the rebuild is the guy who holds all the cards, right? We all want to win. Totally. If you're trying to win now, this is some yeah. overpay type pieces. And, right. and we're going to talk about Elijah Moore trade a little bit later where someone's really trying to win now and they're going to pay up Elijah Moore. And I think this is where like among and i talked about last week where you can make or break your fantasy roster right you can make some moves here you can make some trades that really add value to your team and i always advocate getting rid of trade deadlines because i feel like you get some really juicy trades and really start to bring the league back to back to even a little bit more once you get into those types of situations
0: yeah i I actually just pulled up a couple of i just pointed to dlf trade finder just to see what people are paying for elijah moore in um, specifically in like superflex PPR leagues, this is interesting. Elijah Moore for Cam Newton and a second. Here's another one for Elijah Moore for Cam Newton and Jameson Crowder. Nick Chubb for Leonard Fournette and Elijah Moore. Okay. Elijah Moore and Kyle Pitts for DK Metcalf and Dawson Knox. Yes, yeah, so, I mean all of
1: those. From what I'm hearing, yeah. are, are they're affordable, right? I mean, those aren't yeah, these crazy are, it's still prices. So reasonable. In it. Totally. If you can go out there and do that right now, yeah. I'm all for. Or, it. you know,
0: right? Or you know, pair pair up Elijah Moore in a first and get that piece that you need for your stretch run, right? Yeah. I mean, because uh, some people are in the, in that rebuild mode, may want to go after a, a player like that after a big game. You see the potential, you see the upside. He can make the big play. Sell it a little bit, and that might be another thing you look at if you are sitting on this guy, but you you need, let's say, a wide receiver one for the playoffs, right?
1: So, all right, well, let's get into it because we were gonna talk about that trade. So I was talking with a buddy yeah. of mine, Mike Young. I'm in several leagues with him. He's a great guy. We do a lot of a lot of talking, and you know, he, he said to me this week, he's people were like, How you get so many trades done with Mike, right? We're both Mike's, but and mm-hmm. he's like, Well, Mike looks at my team and says sees what i need he doesn't just offer me what he has left over right this is the time of year where you can look at rosters and you're like man this guy he's gonna need that young wide receiver and i need this running back right so you, you get into situations where don't be that guy just to offer all the trash that's left on your roster heap you know all those kind of things talk to people try to figure out what kind of moves we can make and you know he he started a bidding war and I'm not gonna lie we we're, we're in a league together where two of us me and this other guy have won, one of us has won each of the last five years. It's either him or it's me, you know, and, and my roster's stacked, his is stacked, and Mike's got Dalvin Cook. So this is something that I'm trying to do as strategy for you guys is he put it out there to him, he's like, what do you give me for Dalvin Cook, right? So he makes the offer and the guy goes, this is what I want, you know, and he's like, I'll give you Derrick Henry, I'll give you Elijah Moore, and I'll give you Kirk Cousins in a Superflex, right? So then Mike comes back to me and he's like, Can you top that? You know, and and I have no problem with that. If that's in the group chat, that's a problem. But if you go one versus one, not a problem at all. So he comes to me, he goes, I really want Metcalf and David Montgomery. Are you willing to do that? You know, so now we've last week it was a little bit less than that. Now he wants more, and I'm sure we're gonna go back and forth here a little bit. And you can create a bidding war. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Getting the most out of your roster. If you are rebuilding, you need as much juice as possible with as little risk as possible. So, I mean, have you done that in leagues? Have you seen that done? And to me, it just, it it came across right. It's like, I got to make this work and this is what I got.
0: hundred percent. And a lot of times you you don't go to that person and and say, here's what I think your strategy is or should be. You go in there and just say, hey, what are you trying to get done right now? What what, what kind of pieces are you looking for? I mean, look, I, I actually do this in my job, I'm in a sales position, and I have a product to sell. But I go to my customers, and I'm asking them, "Hey, what do you need right now? What are some right. of the challenges you face in your organization? All right, now let's talk about that. Maybe I can help you solve some of those problems." And but you're on, you're now talking about what they're, what they care about, what mm-hmm. they need, and it just completely shifts the conversation. You want, so you want to be that guy. I think it's worth talking about that for a minute because you want to be that guy. that's easy to work with. It doesn't just care about their own team. You're actually trying to help both teams win a little bit. And, you know, that's how you're getting all those deals done is because pe- people trust, all right, he's a reasonable guy. I'm going to I'm gonna see if I can work something out. And we usually do. So yeah, it's, and that's, it's good advice. That's
1: literally trade tip 101. I mean, I, totally. There's, there's guys I'm in leagues with where they will tell you why you need player yeah. X. You're like, <laughs> exactly. oh, right. you, did you not know that player X is the wide receiver 12 in... Rainy games, you know, but they'll like throw stuff out there and try to like make you feel like you're dumb for not taking it. And it's like likability and being able to negotiate and treat it like a you know, you don't want to be a pushy car salesman. Nobody likes that. We want right. that guy who's like, yeah, just cool. what can I, I do for it. you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I wish you and I could get some trades like that done, but you and I are both, boom, we're going you know, head, to head, head, to head. head to head. We knew it was going to be like that. <laughs> and man I, I lost this week but i'm gonna do yeah, it yeah
0: hey, it does feel good to be alone in first for a minute you know but <laughs> hey, I, know, I know you're coming for me
1: i didn't lose because of this guy so let's move on to the eagles saints game jalen hurts jalen hurts yes wow i before the season said top three to five quarterback in my bold take show he is the qb1 right now in in, in some formats i mean yeah. you look at what he did 13 for 24 with 147 yards. Well, that ain't pretty. But 18 carries tied yeah. for 10th most all time by a quarterback in a game for 69 yards. That away, Gronk. And three touchdowns. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Mung and I were he's talking so about consistent. last week, yeah. that they were running the ball so well that he was not becoming valuable. But he just finds ways to score every single week. And he's just been consistent. And it's like, He's not going anywhere. You know, I heard a lot of people really worried about Minshew possibly taking over. Jalen Hurts is a great dynasty buy, and this is why most people don't believe in it. Honestly, if you yeah. go out there in your league and you start saying, "Hey, I want to trade Jalen Hurts," right? And last week I got no offers. I'm like, wait a second. So you start approaching some of your, you know, some of the other owners in the league, and they're like giving you these lowball offers. You got to start thinking if no one's buying. I should be considering this, right? Because the guy is putting up numbers. It's not like it's just my own gut. He is literally putting up numbers that are going to win fantasy championships.
0: Yeah, I just saw Ryan McDowell had posted this earlier. Ryan, the godfather, we've had him on the pod before, where he's basically just saying, most QB1 games this season, all right? So just got through week 11. 10, Jalen Hurts. No one else has even nine. No, no one else has even eight. Yeah, the, the, the second best in terms of QB one games. Brady got season. seven, right? Brady and Cousins at seven, and then you got Prescott, Mahomes, and Heineke at six. Then Rodgers, Carr, Allen, Herbert, Kyler, Jackson, and Stafford with with five. Half of what hurts is yeah. done. So the consistency is there too. Let me ask you this though, because you're dialed into Philly. The risk that I still hear about Jalen Hurts is that they just People don't view him as the long-term guy in that they're going to go draft a, a quarterback in in the draft next season, maybe even in the well, first. And look where they're over. at right now, right? If we win, That's I the mean, they're, they're borderline putting scene, themselves right? into a playoff spot. It's
1: amazing. So yeah. if if the the switch I believe, has to come more from Sirianni than it has Jalen Hurts, is the as soon as Miles Sanders goes down, we're committed to the run. You know, we're not trying to just put it all on Jalen Hurts. And just say, "Hey, let's get it done." Be a pocket passer. That's not what he's good at. Now all of a sudden, we got a running game going with it. You got the RPOs. Devonta Smith is starting to come in, and all of a sudden, it's getting exciting. And he's doing what he what he's really good at week in and week out. And I feel like they're playing to his strengths instead of just saying, "This is my offense and roll with it." And and Jalen Hurts has been yeah. fun to watch. And I, got I get one more
0: that. Uh, thing for you here too. Looking at his his playoff schedule. And you're going to love this. It's smashed because I know you have. Now I'm a little bit worried about facing him in the playoffs. He's got Washington in weeks 15 Twice. and 17. I know. Washington is 32nd, dead last against yep. QBs. So yeah. bucket, the Giants squeezed in in week 16.
1: We talked about um, that two weeks yeah. ago. Where On the flip okay, side, yeah. if you have Logan Thomas who's coming back this week, the Eagles cannot cover the tight end. They literally <laughs> give up the most. So yeah. we're like, yo, this is right the on. kind of situation here where when you get those fifteen six or fifteen seventeen splits like some of these teams have, you know, within the mm-hmm. division, and they play the same team twice, you could really cash in if you're you know, if you're paying attention to those kind of things. That's a great thing to bring up. Um you know, the other thing from the Dynasty watch there is Dallas Goddard, you know, he got mm-hmm. he got his contract and I feel like he's Probably only gonna paid. continue he's only gonna yeah. continue to, to increase in value and we've kind of been you know he's always been on that fringe of the tight end one. He's starting to look pretty good now.
0: Well, the target share is the key with Dallas Goddard. Once Absolutely. Zach Ertz left, we had talked about it, but now it's completely validated.
1: Yeah, he just well, and Zach he, Ertz is balling out. I mean, look what yeah, he, what he's his, doing with the Cardinals. When you yeah. put your your JV captain out there, Colt McCoy, you know he, he goes out <laughs> there. It's like he's got it. Got to go after Zach Ertz. You had mentioned the guy who has seven QB one weeks, right? Kirk Cousins.
0: We'll go to the Cousins. Green Bay Packers
1: cut? Vikings game. Kirk Cousins. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but people just don't seem to get it.
0: Perennially
1: underrated. Yeah, he, he's. I'm. I'm without looking right now. He's in that QB seven to eight range. You know, like he is a QB yeah. one right now that you can buy for the price of a QB two. Yeah. I just told you that he's getting thrown in a deal where the you know the guy has he has Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Now all of a sudden he's like, hey, take Kirk Cousins. For me, I bought Kirk Cousins in a league a couple weeks ago, like I told you for Trey Sermon in a second. And it's like, dude, Kirk Cousins just goes out and he puts up numbers. And he is that cheapest QB1 you can possibly buy, right? And he's putting up the similar Mm -hmm. type numbers and is really making Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen relevant. Justin Jefferson, we talked about Jamar Chase a couple weeks ago being the dynasty wide receiver one. Jefferson took offense to that. Eight for 169, (laughs) two touchdowns. I mean he yeah, just had
0: another one. He he killed it. Yeah, he really did. I the one thing I will say about Kirk Cousins, if you're looking at making a move for him down the stretch, he he does have a couple of tough matchups here though. It looks like at Chicago, week fifteen, at home against the Rams in week sixteen with Jalen Ramsey, and then he's got the Packers at Lambeau in, in um week seventeen. Although, we did just he see kind of a shootout. Up, I was right. going to say, he we just, just put, put up 35 against them. Yeah, you know? they do have a solid D, but you're, yeah, you're right. And that's what you – really what you want to see is those shootouts that are, you're going back and forth and – and, Mr. and sometimes, on the other side of the yeah, yeah, sometimes
1: a shootout like that is better for a guy like Kirk Cousins than a game against, you know, a game against the Jaguars where they're going to get up big and, and right. potentially, and then Dalvin Cook's going to take over. So, great point. you know, I'm not, I'm not saying go out there and sell the farm for Kirk Cousins, but if you really need a quarterback. The value's there. Because, yeah. I mean, you talk about, like I said, he's the QB7. I mean, Brady's going to cost more. Mahomes, forget about it. Allen, forget about it. Herbert, Hurts, mm-hmm. Stafford, forget about it, right? You can't afford any of those guys. And then he, he jumps in there. He's got more points than Dak. He's got more points than Lamar. You know, he's got more points than, than Wentz, Burrow. I mean, it's worth at least checking it out. Yeah. It's also worth at this no point taking a guy that's in that upper echelon and seeing what you can do, seeing if you can trade a Kirk Cousins and a lesser running back for a, a stud running back. You know what I'm saying? Like, get yourself into a, a situation oh, yeah. where you can – you can upgrade another position um, on the, on the green Bay side. I mean, you know, I know you were asking me Rogers or, or Tannehill and it's like, we got to be worried a little bit with Rogers with the yeah. toe, but man, mm-hmm. he just looks fantastic. Uh,
0: yeah. That, that was what, one of the things that I enjoyed most about week 11 as well is cause I have a lot of Rogers and I was a little bit worried about Mr. Rogers neighborhood there with the toe and the lack of practice as well, mm-hmm. and he did. He, he came off a rough week coming out of COVID there, if you recall too, and so that was still Absolutely. on my mind. But I stuck with my boy, and he put up monster numbers, four touchdowns. I think he was the number one quarterback for the week in six point touchdown yeah, leagues. He was, and so yeah, he he definitely helped carry me in Smash League and my home yeah. dynasty league in <laughs> that, that group. Fun.
1: In that group chat with Mung, you always ask that, and I every time, yeah, every yeah. time I just say Rogers. Yes. halfway halfway into your sentence i see the little bubble going you know and i'm like he's gonna ask it (laughs) and i'm gonna say rogers baby let's do it let's move over to uh san francisco jacksonville game jimmy garoppolo has this team feeding multiple guys right now kittle Mm -hmm. is a tight end one every week Ayuk has been leading the targets over the last four weeks he has seven receptions for 85 and a touchdown and debo just keeps doing it his way right one catch for 15 yards oh no Wait a second! Eight carries for seventy nine and another touchdown. I mean, you got me on the Debo train. Ayuk is starting to come around. Kittle's back into a you know top three or four type dynasty tight end, and it's like San Francisco is exciting again.
0: Yeah, I mean they've I been exciting, thankful. but I mean I'm talking about across the board. Right. I'm I'm thankful for Debo. I love watching this kid, and I have a lot uh, of Debo on my rosters. He's he's the the wide receiver three in, in our special yeah. league right now, and it, it just it, it's something I'm thankful for having bet on him pretty big. But isn't he just so much fun to watch? He, I love these new hybrid players. This may actually be the season where we start to really validate these versatile, flexible players like the Cordarrelle Patterson, mm-hmm. like a Debo. I think Elijah Moore could be that kind of cat. Maybe even like a Visca Chanel that they could. If, they, if they figure it out in, in Jacksonville. Yeah. But I, I, I actually watched some of the replays with him lining up at running back again, eight carries. He had five carries last week. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he sees the hole. He sets up the defenders, really good balance finishes. Well, like he trucked a guy on yeah. one play and he just has that, that contact balance that you love to see in running backs. And mm-hmm. Both um, the last couple games, he kind of, tight rope, the sideline goes into the end zone. He's seen him do that a couple of times. And, and so he's just getting it done. And that's, that's what Shanahan does. He unlocks him
1: Exactly. His, his balance and vision are unparalleled back there. And the thing that, we, we struggle with before is they were trying to get them on bubble screens and things like that. Now they're getting yep. a lot more creative, right? They're, they're right. manufacturing touches kind of what we've always been asking for them to do with LaVisca Schultz. kind of what Cordero yes. Patterson has been doing. And it's right. like, you are right there. It's, it's every team's going to start copying that it's a copycat league. We know it is. And, and Debo is just killing it right now. And it's like yeah. in that same league, I was talking about trading DK, How much more, a guy asked me, he's like, I want, I I put DK Metcalf up there. I said, I want Debo. How much of a difference is there now when you're talking about trade value? You know, it's like
0: Russell Wilson struggled. DK hasn't been all that. It's gotten really close. It's, it's, it's really close. So I would almost have that as like dead even right now. Yeah. I was, I was asking for a second. That was it. Yeah. And then I was uh, like, right. But, but yeah, I, and he, 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 um, he is another example of these injury-prone labels. Mm-hmm. You know they're injury-prone until they're not. And you know the guy is actually tough as nails. I get the soft tissue stuff, but I, I'm betting on this guy to well, to continue based on what I'm seeing. I mean,
1: Keenan Allen was injury-prone, right? We said
0: that yeah. after like three right. years. That's right. He's he's gone seven
1: are. straight without missing yeah. more than two games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, right. and and shame on me because I was one of the guys saying that injury-prone thing. You know, what I mean for. When it, it, it
0: is until it isn't right or
1: right, the other way right. around, you know, it's just that's yeah, it's how it goes.
0: Look, if you are, if you're willing to, to make some of those slightly riskier bets, I mean, find those guys that get those labels and get them for later in the draft. I mean, I did end up getting Debo quite a bit later in the Smash mm-hmm. Lister League draft because of that. Yeah. And, you know, here we are.
1: And also in that game, and I know this was early on in the season, and I kind of mung jumped down my throat when he was talking about Elijah Mitchell. But I was like, guys, back end roster, Jeff Wilson. He finds a way yeah. to go out, and and this Wilson, week wasn't wasn't expressive, it wasn't explosive by any means. But I just bought him for two fourth round picks. I bought okay. him in another league for a fourth, and I don't even Adrian Peterson. I don't even like which. He just got cut. But <laughs> yeah. it's like Jeff Wilson is a guy that could pan out. Just keep him there. Not going to talk too much about that. Yeah. Let's move over to the, the Lions and the Browns. The only guy you can argue other than McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor to be in that upper tier is DeAndre Swift. And Swift yes. is doing it on a lot less touches. I mean, you look at 14 carries, 136 rushing yards this week, three receptions for zero yards, but he's still an RB1. You know, And I feel like... The more touches this guy gets, you know, it, once this offense starts to cook, if it ever does, it, it's probably not going to happen this year. But, man, DeAndre yeah. Swift has all the talent to be
0: right up there with Taylor. Well, and, and what was the concern, right? Jamal Williams is coming back. He was hardly even relevant no. in the game. 13, it, it,
1: 13 snaps, four, four yeah. routes run,
0: seven carries, right. n- next so to it's, nothing. It's really nice to see. Like, they get it. They DeAndre Sif can be a bell cow in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, they need more trips to the red zone and more scoring opportunities. But what, what's really fun to watch is him break those big plays. And now I mean he, he's another highlight real run this week. So he can get it done even from outside the red zone in many cases. He's got that dynamic speed, breakaway capability, makes players miss. So I think that it for me. There is a, a very clear tier right now in Dynasty running backs. Top three, JT, CMC, and Swift. It would be hard to convince me to put anyone else in that top tier right now. Are you with me on this, or do you have anyone Yeah, there's else no one else. I mean, in I, there.
1: I almost, I'm not tier quite,
0: bird. so we we talked
1: about it a little bit. I'm not quite saying Taylor's in, in one by himself, because I feel right. like,
0: We're not, right. I feel you. like
1: within that tier, I mean, I prefer Taylor, then McCaffrey, then Swift, but it's like, If you can get anything on top of the other ones you know and we were talking about you can write your check right now you could probably get deandre swift in a first if you were selling taylor you know and i and i would do that i I would not argue against that you know even though taylor's on a phenomenal type type role here you said on twitter you saw someone sell Jonathan Taylor from McCaffrey in a first, and Mung and I were talking yeah. about that last week. Right. It's like, well, that's why we have tiers. If you can move around in those tiers and mm-hmm. you can add value on top of a player, especially with we know how, how quickly a running back, things can change or an injury can happen and they get hampered by things, and and yes, now sir, all of a sudden you have fun. a little bit of insulation. So, no, I like that. And there's there's really nobody else that's that close. You know, One guy who came back this week and looked great, Nick Chubb. 22 carries, 130 yards, 5 avoided tackles, a receiving touchdown, you know, and 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 Kareem Hunt's going to be coming back, but Nick Chubb is a guy that you can still buy fairly inexpensive for your stretch run here. I mean, I feel like he is someone that just because he's been out of sight out of mind, there's a lot of people that are like, "Hey, I'm willing to sell Nick Chubb right now." You know, maybe Nick Chubb isn't the answer for my dynasty team because he doesn't catch passes, but you got to go out there and get Nick Chubb, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and he's he's going to get it done for you. He's a clear RB one. He's got Las Vegas a juicy matchup in Week 15. They are 28th against the the run. Then he's got at Green Bay at Pitt. Okay, uh, middle of the road um, in terms of running back fantasy points allowed. So I, I like that one. It definitely depends on the value, but when when um he gets rejoined in the backfield by Hunt. That, that might actually cause a few people to be willing to part with him for a little bit less. So, yeah, and, and the offense is clearly defined by the run. So, you mm-hmm. know, week in, week out, he's going to get his touches. They're going to focus on the run. I got to tell you, Baker still seems to be struggling. And so the identity will be Nick Chubb. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they may work in some hunt, but he's going to get plenty of work. And he's a guy that is just that pure runner and, and makes – most of what he gets. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely with you on that. Ravens bears game. Rashad
1: Bateman was supposed to be the breakout, right? It was, this was going to be it. And it was like, obviously Lamar's out. So, you know, that gets a little bit different, but yeah. Darnell Mooney is here, man, like five receptions, 121 mm-hmm. yards, a touchdown, you know, 41.7% threat rate. The guy was all over the field. And I know Alan Robinson's out and, but once fields went down, I mean, Andy Dalton was just locked onto him, right? Him and Marquise right. Goodwin, and, and things started to click a little bit. And now we get the news that you know Nagy is 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 gone yeah, now. Honestly
0: so I, I feel I've like everybody. In the yeah,
1: I, I think you have to. You know, I'm not getting crazy with it, but it's got yeah. to unlock some things. And, and I think players sometimes, when the coaches, they feel like they the co- they've been blaming the coach, and the players aren't mm-hmm. playing well with what he's. They're gonna they're gonna come out hungry and they're gonna come out you know super excited to play here and I think I'm not saying go out there and buy a bunch of bears yeah, but it should be interesting
0: I, I, I think it really for me that that's gonna be more about next season yeah for when we start to see things take off for the bears I'm most excited for Justin Fields but Darnell Mooney too um you know Monty as well the full Monty could take off a little bit more with the uh, A better coach just keep in mind i mean will the bears find the right guy though or do they go find let's say a defensive-minded coach Mm -hmm. that's very conservative on the offensive side like you got to be careful like we 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 don't really know yet so there's a fair amount of risk on, on who they might go get it does sound like uh kitchens uh could be the interim oc of course he did that in cleveland as well and okay that that could be interesting for david montgomery A little bit, right? We saw how um, he he ran that offense there in Cleveland for a little bit, again, run heavy. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to temper my expectations for the Bears until next season. But in general, I would say Arrow is ticking up for just about everybody on the offense if you had to kind of speculate, right? So it get we have a, right?
1: we, we have a tough situation, obviously here with fields. I mean, he goes out, yeah, he has two I good know. weeks. He comes out this week. He gets banged up. Now I got a question for you. We're going to go a little mm-hmm. strategy here again. Mm-hmm. It's in the pros versus Joe's FFPC. I am okay. tied, you know, for, uh, I think fourth place. Only six teams make the playoffs. And the guy I'm playing this week is the one seed. So I'm thinking to okay. myself, I'm looking, I play him this week. Tyreek Hills on by Justin Fields is not playing and we got an offer on the table right now of Jalen Hurts and Keenan Allen plus a second for Tyreek Hill and Justin Fields. It's like you get the win. Sometimes you can make those moves, but it's like it feel like I'm going to lose in the long run. You know, and I'm just sometimes you can make trades.
0: for those. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. It, it, and it's a smart move on his end by offering that out there because sometimes you look at it and you're like, oh, I could get the win this week so many times. It happens that trade where you, you take that trade and all of a sudden you don't get that win, you don't make the playoffs, and you gave up the two shinier pieces. So just be careful with those kind of situations. Do be
0: careful. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely with you on that. What what do you think that Justin Fields is worth right now? Man. In in Superplex. I'm just pulled the pulling up the trade finder here. I mean, if you look at guys,
1: we were talking we've been talking about Hertz. Would you yeah. would you do that even? If you had if you had Justin Fields <laughs> and someone makes that offer to you. You know, because you're yeah. feeling a little, little unshaky about his future, and you're trying to rebuild a little bit. And I know the age isn't there, but if you're rebuilding in that sense, I mean, who would you rather have out of those two right now? If I'm,
0: if I'm competing, that'd be really tempting to, to, to do straight up for Hertz. I see another one here. I would do that in for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think people would probably do it, right? Yeah. There's another trade I'm looking at: Justin Fields for Russell Wilson. Um, here Justin Fields in a first for Joe Mixon.
1: Well, let's talk about Joe. Hey, let's, let's talk about Joe Mixon. I mean, right. Joe Mixon. It was your bold takes. You know, we talked about Jalen Hurts and I took my little victory lap. You have one as well, right? Because two of those running backs you said on that bold take show, those guys are balling out and that's Eckler and Mixon. They looked fantastic this week. And I believe Mixon has a stretch here. That's quite impressive over the last eight weeks.
0: Yeah. I am thankful for Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler and you're, you're right. I mean, I'm definitely proud of that bold take, having both Eckler and Mixon in the top five. I just went and looked in the Smash League where I have Joe Mixon. He is number five right now overall running back rankings. Eckler, I think, after that fourth touchdown week is up to – number two overall number two yep. back ranking. so and derrick henry's still
1: number three baby <laughs> <laughs> Derrick
0: Henry Der- still sitting on my bench we're talking
1: about jonathan taylor potentially being an mvp candidate but derrick henry right. still should be i mean literally it took this long for someone to pass him and we still only have two running backs who have more fantasy points than him and he's yeah, been and, out three weeks now
0: right and just you're looking at the tennessee offense they you know they tried to mix in all these different running backs and it's just not working like derrick henry is so critical he was the identity of that offense you look at ryan Tannehill now they lose to houston for crying out loud yeah the play action is kind of gone because they don't really respect the running game as much that was sort of the bread and butter and you know the new oc there in tennessee uh it obviously has a has some weight there as well but come on derrick henry was clearly the MVP of that Tennessee offense. But yeah. you know, just coming back to Nixon and Eckler, they are getting it done uh, it, just about every week. Had well, we mixed Nixon the last
1: three weeks, 25, 25 28, Falling. 24, you know, and it was this week he got 30 carries for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that, that's what we were saying. If you look course, at the rest of, of them, right? it's 12, 14, 18, you know, that he's had two games where he's had over 22 carries and he's put up, almost 25 fantasy points in both of them and it, I think that offense is starting to get a little bit more balanced you look at what he's been able to do and he's he's on pace for you know 1400 rushing yards he's got nine rushing touchdowns already Joe Mixon is who we thought he was going to be and mm-hmm. he might be one of those he's still a guy that there's still a negative connotation about Joe Mixon because of his under underperformance over the last few years you should still be able to 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 buy him and yeah. I think If you get an offer, let's say someone comes to you today and they said, you know, I'll give you Deandre Swift first and a second for Joe Mixon. You know, if you're a contender, is that something you're even, would you consider that?
0: Run that one by me again? And
1: so, so if we're selling back, you know, trying to get a little bit of insulation there and you maybe you're not a big fan of Swift, trade Swift for Mixon in a first plus a little
0: bit. Yeah, I mean, I I really would think about that um, if you're competing. or you know maybe it's mixing in another piece because yep. Mixon is actually putting up um even slightly better n- numbers in Swift in in certain formats right now and he he's clearly uh, attached to a young exciting offense he's he's a bell cow i mean they 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 do work in p Ryan on third downs a lot mm-hmm. but where Which when it matters blows my
1: mind right because yeah, it does like, Mixon bit. is the is a so much better receiver than P-Rine but you yeah. know you, you got to keep him
0: fresh Yeah, pass blocking and all that. But, yeah, yeah, you're keeping him fresh. I mean, he's still got 30 carries. That's the point. And he scored two more touchdowns. And so I really love uh, Mixon going forward. And, you know, he does kind of have a slightly challenging playoff schedule, just looking at it. Uh, But, yeah, I I, I do love Joe Mixon. He's one of the guys that I'm I'm thankful for, for sure. And maybe coming back over to Austin Eckler, what's really – fun to watch there is he's now become like the goal line red zone guy. Mm -hmm. In fact, just look this up only through week 11. He already has more touches in the red zone than any of his previous seasons. He's already surpassed that. Like they're, they're feeding him the ball, obviously evidenced by poor touchdowns that that's just something we haven't seen from Eckler before. So Mm -hmm. he's still getting a lot of the, the, the rushing work. Clearly he's getting worked into the passing game, the chargers offense has been pretty strong for the most part attached to Herbert and crew. And so Eckler is exactly what we were hoping for when we, when we threw that bull take out there as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's on pace for over, over a thousand yards rushing. I mean, we always knew the receptions were going to be there right now. He's got 45 mm-hmm. receptions, but the rushing totals are there. And that's, what's different. You know, if you look at years exactly. past, he has the more rushing yards at this point in 2021 than he's ever had he's got 573. Right. You know, you look at 2020 was 530, 557, 554. He's been a 500-yard and he you know, he's uh, the tricky part with that is obviously there's the usage, there's more involvement there, but the receptions are still there. So I mean, he is literally a bell cow three down yeah, back now. And, it up, and it's 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 fantastic. Moving over to similar similar type thing, let's talk about Carolina. Christian McCaffrey's, you know, he's getting worked back in there. 10 carries, 59, 7 receptions, 60 receiving yards and a touchdown, 4.7 yards after contact per carry. But the thing to really look at is before, you know, if it was Sam Darnold, all the touchdowns are going to be scored by Christian McCaffrey, right? If we get inside the 10, it's McCaffrey time. Now we get inside the 10 and I'm back. Cam Newton (laughs) comes back, right? And dude, I was watching that game and I absolutely loved it. Right, like you've got to feel good oh, for Cam yeah. Newton. Like love it, right? He ex- it. he expended so much energy in the first half. I thought he was gonna, you know, like yeah. every touchdown he's yeah. running around the stadium and he's, you know, yeah. he's just
0: he goes and spikes the ball on the the logo. Like oh, it was claiming, great. It was great. His spot. Oh, love but, love to
1: see it. But Cam Newton put up over thirty fantasy points in in certain formats yeah. this week. I mean, yeah. you know, he was left for dead. Good for him but this definitely affects christian mccaffrey's value a
0: little bit it does no for sure i mean we we've already seen it he he's called his own number and i think it was like the very first time he touched the ball last week he he called his own number gets the rushing touchdown and and say what you want about the guy but he's he is a load to bring down yeah so he's he's still going to be worked in that way And, and it, it definitely adds another element to to the offense. I did like a lot of the usage that we saw from McCaffrey. And mm-hmm. well, I, uh, I think so it's going to
1: balance out, right? I mean, because right, he right. he did get a uh, he he got eight targets in the passing game, and and Cam Newton knows Christian McCaffrey, right? He knows how to get him the ball. He knows how to how to how to work it to him too. Yeah, he was the looking only, for him a right. lot.
0: Yeah.
1: The other thing I think you got to look at is Chuba didn't touch the ball at all. You know, Amir Abdullah right. surpassed him as the backup now. And I know yeah. we've been saying it for a couple of weeks where that was somebody you could go out there and you know, you could mm-hmm. you could still get some value. Good call. When when Christian McCaffrey's there, the backup doesn't matter, but it's like Chuba's kind of fallen back a little bit. Kind you know? of faded I, away a little yeah. bit.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about Kim Newton as well. Like where do you have him rest of season in, ter- yeah. in terms of QB rankings? Like this is a fun conversation. I know if Hmong were here. He would come in strong and say Cam Newton is a QB1 rest of the season. Do you agree? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. You've got him below that.
1: No. I there was a lot of adrenaline there. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you realize, but Washington's a bottom five, you know, when it comes to pass defense. You know, and it was a great situation there for, for Cam. But it's like, man, like it's hard to see that sustaining, right? Like it's hard to, to just. At his age, right now, he's playing off a lot of adrenaline and things like that. And he's yeah. he, his body has not taken the beating of of yeah, camp. he's coming in he, a lot right? more he's, fresh. He is so fresh right now. And, I mean, I would say 15 to 18 range. He's okay. going to have some QB1 weeks. But, I mean, there are a lot of guys where, I mean, I'm still, I'm not going out there and, and actively buying Cam Newton if I don't already have him on my roster. What do you think?
0: Well, I think that you got to be careful that you don't give in like to the hype a little mm-hmm. bit too much and, and start to overpay for him. Um, but he he's in a good situation there. And I yeah. think that he he looks to me like within it's it's crazy that like within two weeks, he's already reestablished as like the heart and soul of this franchise. Yeah. And it's but, like nothing but, happened, you know, right? But, no. Yeah. But like and you love the narrative. But I like, think week to week, the arm still is is just not there. Right, he's not the cam of old, so you have to be careful. Um, I think that he is getting to that borderline low-end um, QB one, like at the tail end of it, and in a 14-team league, right? I mean, I think he's somewhere in that range. Yeah, he he'd be a nice piece, and I think he's something some someone to pretty much target if you have you need a QB two down the stretch. I mean, it's easy to sell him that like he's unlikely to, to go that much longer maybe maybe what another season in carolina yeah. i don't know uh, but but yeah I, it's probably about right mike i mean i think that mung might be the highest of of the group but uh i you know i do think that there could be some potential value there in a dynasty move
1: well on the other side of the ball in that game i mean taylor haneke comes up and haneke. he puts up yeah. you know 16 for 22 206 and three with a gritty performance you know running the ball a little bit. And and he looked great, you know, and I feel like that was an exciting move at the quarterback position. And then there are some cheaper buys you can have right now in superflex, like yeah. some guys that can go out there. I don't have cousins. a QB two yeah. this week, and I'm gonna let you know I got I bought two shares of the coldest quarterback in the league. That's Matty Ice. He's coming off two really <laughs> yeah. really bad performances, but mm-hmm. I got him today for two 23 late thirds. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, two late thirds and Donald Parham, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I, I- wow. and I'm like, if we-, we have to look at this a little bit is like, he was a top dead. 12 quarterback before these last two weeks. You know, he had been putting up a top 12 season, but he come off a game where you put up 1.8 and then 3.65. And if it's Scott Fishbowl, you're looking at like negative eight, you know, right. in some of those right. weeks, you know, when he was nine for, for 21 um I feel like you could go out there as a as a contender and maybe your maybe your trade deadlines are this week and you can get mm-hmm. that him as your third quarterback really cheap and it's not like it's exciting but it could give you some nice
0: insulation I hate guys there. like that yeah, yeah. I could see it I still have that image of him just laying on the field you know, just
1: oh yeah no but, no i'm not it's not sexy I'm not even lying but, but when you're but talking get, about throwing in
0: some late thirds yeah and he 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 um, he should do a little bit better. I mean, they didn't have Corderell Patterson. He's still been mm-hmm. without Calvin Ridley. Corderell but...
1: Patterson should be the MVP of the league, man. Look what oh happens when he's out
0: of the offense. Totally, yeah. <laughs> so the offense is going to recover. Clearly, they they struggled. Um, you had a nice game plan against them. I think they're going to have better weeks ahead. And so, yeah, I'm cool with that move.
1: Well, we're gonna, let's stay at the position. We're talking about struggling quarterbacks. I mean, I, and we're just kind of vibing right now, and I love it. Yeah. But – uh, that game between the Chiefs and the Cowboys, oh, I was—I so, turned off Red Zone. Right, I love Red Zone. You and I talked about it. You know, you get yeah, your salty proteins. You know, <laughs> and you, you go out there. I just love it. But I'm like, you know, I want to watch every play of this game. And man, I mean,
0: oh, I, highest I was, over under for the week, right? And all oh, these yeah. expectations is going to be a shootout. These two quarterbacks. So loaded offenses. No I mean, Dak
1: happens. puts up four fantasy points, you know, and and Mahomes puts up 11 in the in the week, you know, depending what your format is. That was not what you were expecting. Right. I mean, a bunch of my buddies are like they had they they did the bets of two plus touchdowns for both of them. I mean, this yeah. is not what you were expecting from either of them. No. And they're putting big they're, they're mixing in giant performances with absolute duds. And yeah, and, I mean, that's right.
0: Mahomes, it's tough, same thing, right? Yeah, Mahomes last week blows up, does forty-five points, I believe, in certain formats, and then the following week, it's a single-digit score again, and it, it's definitely concerning that we thought that maybe the Chiefs had turned the corner, but here we are, and Mahomes has another dud, and really, that's what I'm asking myself here is what you know, what are we doing? with the Chiefs down the stretch? I mean, especially Mahomes and, and the running backs. What, what are you thinking? I mean, with the inconsistencies, the concerns that they, they can't keep it going, what is, what is your take on the Chiefs right now for the stretch run? I mean, aside I, Hill and Kelsey are
1: still getting theirs, right? And yeah. that's, that's not a worry at all.
0: The yeah, running I backs,
1: I don't feel comfortable starting any of the running backs and, I mean, you if you have Mahomes, you're starting him, right? There's, there's very few situations where you're like, mm, I don't know. Maybe I could go with somebody with a higher ceiling this week. Because you look at, I mean, two weeks ago yeah. he put up, you know, what, what, 400 yards and five touchdowns? And right. then he comes up against Dallas and he puts up 260 and zero. Well, you know, So it's like you have to start Mahomes week in and week out for that upside. There's no...
0: There yeah, are not too many situations him, right? you have to you do it. With them, those, yeah, right. That's kind of the deal. It's just so hard that, to get out of that situation. And pretty much with Dak too. Like you're, you're pretty much stuck with the guy. Yeah. Unless you're, you want to trade him for another elite player that you think you could get in return. It might be worth thinking about. But
1: well, and now yeah. you, you talk about Dak. I mean, you got Cooper's not going to be playing this week because of COVID. CD Lamb, you know, got the concussion, so he's a little bit banged up. We talked about several weeks ago Michael Gallup's coming back, and now he puts himself as like the wide receiver one of this offense.
0: Yeah. Those are the, you picked up Gallup on, you know,
1: Gallup and and Schultz.
0: Schultz should be. Those those, those those are the guys. Cedric Wilson, kind of an interesting flyer, too, right? But yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the boys on Thanksgiving, but it's not going to be that full offensive firepower we're used to, right?
1: Yeah. And, Like I said, I mean, I was talking about this with someone else. It's like Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, you know, Dak, they are having some real up and down weeks. And it scares me a little bit going into the playoffs where I know, and I'm not saying I'm not adding too much of this, but I know when I have Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and even Jalen Hurts that they're putting up a consistent number. You know, and sometimes I prefer that where it's like,
0: the floor me, that you get with some of those guys. Yeah, right? I mean,
1: you look at some of these guys, you go with Herbert since week five. It's 54, 15, 20, 39, 15, 45. You know, it's like all over the mm-hmm. place. And some of those are, are, you know, the of yeah. performances are going to win you the week. And other ones yeah. are going to sit there and just scratch and your head you and this? be like. It, I
0: don't it's know. wild to talk about Mahomes as a boom bust quarterback. Yeah. That's actually what he's been this season. Yeah. I have him on in a redraft league. And I think I lost all of my weeks on a bus, because and, and I'm winning yeah. I, I, literally, I have in, with Mahomes. I had the yeah. highest point total on the league last week, and I had second or third lowest point total the week after. Yeah, <laughs> It's because of the Mahomes factor.
1: Yep, and I, I have him and Brady in my only redraft in my two-quarterback league, and weeks 9 and 11 where he put up 10 points and 14 points are my only losses the entire year because he's just been – the rest of my team's good, but those have been real boom busts. I mean, not even – not even borderline. It's just
0: like wow. Yeah. And yeah, all or nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I, I'm with you on these running backs too. And that was another thing that that was rough to watch about this this week, going into Week Eleven. Almost all the analysts, the experts that were out there, saying that hey, you probably need to stick with Daryl Williams. Ceh mm-hmm. is super iffy, maybe yeah. not even playable. <laughs> In the first quarter, you're like, it's all Ceh. Daryl Williams is the MIA. I don't know too many people that got that right, but I, I just I, I get concerned about that running game as well in, in Kansas City.
1: For sure. I mean, it, it's it's tough to trust. Yeah. I mean, Mung's gonna, Mung and I had a bet before the season started that uh, <laughs> I said Jonathan Taylor, he said CEH will have more fantasy points. So he's going to, some charities. is going to get as a well nice, see
0: you now. <laughs> nice.
1: No, no, we did it for charity. So, you know, it's OK in that, right? Uh, but, um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit, you know, because we're getting close to that hour mark here, about how you sometimes deal with buys towards the end of the year here, right? So what I've been looking at is is James Conner right now is the RB8. You know, James Conner has had a fine season. If you have a team that's a fringe, they're like, oh man, I'm right on the fringe, right? If I win these next two games, I'm in the playoffs. Sometimes you can pay and get a James Conner off that guy's team. Because he needs because a running back by. for this
0: week. Yeah, he, and he needs. And he needs to win out, right? And so he right. can't afford to lose this week. Yeah. I'm so you, you
1: you can take a guy like, you know, I mean, maybe Damian Harris, you know, who's in a mm-hmm. situation where Stevenson's starting to come up, and get a guy for a stretch run. I bought Connor in a, in a league in a trade I just recently made because mm-hmm. man, you're probably not gonna like this. You know, you're probably not gonna like it. I sent it to you, but I was like, I ended up getting Godwin and Connor for Derrick Henry and Allen Robinson. And I know that's not a sexy trade, but I'm like, I'm all in. Okay. I'm yeah, all in. I'm trying to win it. And it's Pushing like, the chips. It, it's tough, you know, because sometimes yeah. you got to get those kind of returns. And I'm looking to 3 Pete so I feel a little bit. Yeah. When you win once, you're like, I got to win again. When you win the league twice in a row, you just feel like if I don't win at all, it's a lost season.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do put that pressure on yourself. It's actually a good call. I actually pulled off a trade for Stafford last week when he was on his bye, same situation I looked at this guy he was like five and five coming in the week trying to get the playoffs and so I got a bit of a discount because I knew he had to have somebody playing that week so it's definitely a strategy to look at
1: yeah and, and it's all about knowing your league mates I mean some guys are like well I'll just play it tight you know and there are several owners that they're, they're, they'll be okay not making the playoffs and for me it's like whoo If I'm on the fringe, I'm either going all in or I'm just selling my pieces. You know, I hate being in that middle.
0: What do you, just on on the Rams for a quick second here? Yeah. What do you make up the wide receiver situation down the stretch, right? Because without Bobby Woods, with now Odell Beckham, who's now had a little bit more time with the playbook, Mm -hmm. and uh, then you got Van Jefferson, Tyler Higbee, Stafford's continuing to air it out with McVay. So which of those guys do you think rises to the top, in, in your opinion, outside my little Cooper Cup?
1: Cooper Cup's going to keep getting his, obviously. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's I, really the answer, right? I
1: feel like it's kind of a heart versus head, right? I want to see the Odell Beckham of old come back. And I feel like talent-wise, you have to be like, he's at least on par with Robert Woods. It's a matter of how quick can he get the system down? Is he going to be a diva or are things going to go in there? I'm buying Jefferson cheap, you know?
0: Okay, right. Beckham. Yeah, take the discount.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's just, it it seems like the easier route, but I do want to see some big things from Beckham, but I just don't know. What do you think?
0: Oh, I agree. I mean, I think that those guys, if anything, may just kind of cancel each other out just a bit. Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, are the guys that that you want, right?
1: I think you could get Beckham for a second and a toss in, you know, and I feel like, we talked about it before, where he wasn't even worth a second there for a while. So, if you're if you're not contending, go for it. You know, move off of him. Uh, another interesting wide receiver situation is obviously the Titans lose to the Texans this week. We all knew that was coming, but now I, we get into a situation where AJ Brown is hurt. You know, and, and we're and Julio's on IR. Julio's out. What do Andrew's we expect out. from this Tennessee offense now? I mean, there is not much to go. Ryan yeah, Tannehill is playing his Nathan heart Peterson out, but
0: yeah. 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 And Nick Nichols is hurt, right? So, um, you know, Dontrell Hilliard is an interesting flyer. I think yeah. Dante Foreman is is still going to get quite a bit of work now. Upgrade him after the news today. I, right? mean, I mean, the
1: leader in snaps was Dez Fitzpatrick, and that story itself is crazy, right? Fourth-round draft pick, they cut him. Nobody wants him, and they take him back. You know, and, and he scores his first touchdown. Chester Rogers. You know, Westbrook, is it, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> I couldn't Westbrook, even tell you. Westbrook, no, but yeah, there's a hyphen in there. But it's like AJ Brown not being in here is a, is a tiff, it's just a difficult situation because, I mean, they're, they are just, a, it's not the same offense,
0: you know, and it's just. No, it looks like an avoid for me until we can see them kind of get reestablished and they have some mojo back, so you know it, for the foreseeable future if you have better options or you should you should highly be considering and playing them.
1: now let me talk to you about this now AJ Brown has been a letdown for sure you know he's had a couple of weeks mm-hmm. in here if you're a playoff team and I am mm-hmm. in most leagues and I have AJ Brown and you know I sold him for for Jalen Hurts in our league way back and got a lot of a lot of beef mm-hmm. for that people were like that is a horrible move now what do we do with AJ Brown I mean Let's talk to some of the listeners here. You have A.J. Brown. You're in that playoff situation. He's got a ton of dynasty value. Who are we trying to trade down for? Who are we trying to insulate maybe or who would you move evenly for? You know, I mean, there's some guys like, would you trade A.J. Brown for Terry McLaurin if you're a playoff team right now? You know, there's a lot of situations where Brown is frustrating and now he's got a hand injury on top of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just actually pulling up DLF trade finder uh, I see two different trades in here. A.J. Brown for Devonta Smith and a first. Okay. Done. That's kind of interesting. Done. Yeah, you're good with that one. I'm done. I, yeah, Here's I would one, take it. Um, A.J. Brown and a fourth for Antonio Gibson, Daniel Jones, and a first. Okay.
1: I use, like, that's a lot of – the fourth-round picks always throw me off whenever I see those in the yeah, trades. For, yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll let's throw in a fourth and we'll get that done.
0: right. <laughs> A.J. Brown for Calvin Ridley in a second. Mm.
1: Oof, That's interesting. Ah, that one's scary to me. <laughs> yeah. But you understand what I'm saying here is like we're in a yeah. situation where it's like, man. Here's A.J. Brown for Pitts. That's – think I'd that, I take th- that. I think I'd take that too. I mean I feel like if you're in a situation here, you know, we talk about a lot of insulated values trying to get that pick. What about – you know, I mean – this is this is a difficult situation for me because I, I love AJ Brown. You know I do. But mm-hmm. these injuries are piling up and it's starting to get really frustrating as someone who, you know, is is invested in the way yeah. AJ Brown plays. But
0: is AJ Brown in first for Christian McCaffrey? Nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Package him up. I see. What about like they packaged him for you know, um
1: Deontay Johnson well, in a second? Yeah. You know, there's some some okay. moves like that I've seen. I would take that. Deontay Johnson is a target machine, you know? And it's
0: like, yeah, this is interesting. A.J. Brown for Cam Akers and Rashad Bateman. Okay. Okay. Obviously, if you're not, you're not competing and you want to try to capitalize on that value that he has, perceived value, that's kind
1: of interesting. It's just something to think about, you know I mean? There's so many moves to make right now. This has been a fun show, but guys, send us your trades, you know, tag us. Put the Smash Accept in there. Put John. Put myself. Put Mung. We want to help you guys out with trades. We hope we this week, you know, we tried to drop in a couple, you know, s- strategy type points and moves to make for you guys. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did putting it out there. I mean, we are super thankful. You know, John said, you know, all all the F's. We're we're thankful for you guys as well. You know, the yeah, the, the followers. And the people we're a community, you know, and I think a lot of you reached out last week. And when I was talking about your trades, I wasn't saying this person that listens to the show. I was saying people that we interact with. I mean, we love interacting with you guys on Twitter. We love the DMs and like just talking about some of these trades because this is literally what we love to do. I mean, just just talking trades, looking at different angles, trying to see what, what works. And I mean... John and I were were talking on the phone about a trade the other day and it just felt like a podcast. Like we were literally like 20 minutes debating this trade going back and forth and it's like, that's why we got into this. So we are super thankful for you guys. Enjoy football this week. Enjoy the family this week. And it's like, this is one of my favorite times of year.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to echo that. Definitely thankful for all the Smash listeners for this pod. It's been going now, 64 episodes. Definitely thankful for Mike and Mung and really the whole Smash Except crew. Shout out to all you guys, and I really hope you enjoy Thanksgiving as well. I know I will. 64
1: episodes, still going strong, man. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.